Hey weirdos, I'm Hannah Sainty and welcome to the Your Weird Podcast, the place that talks to creatives, artists and people living their best lives about how they do what they do, why they do what they do and how being a bit weird is a superpower. If robots are taking all our jobs, we better figure out how to harness the one thing that they can't do, be creative. Enjoy the show. Hey, weirdos. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Your Weird Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being here. If you're new, thank you for being here. If you're following along in the journey, I'm really excited to bring you this episode today, as I am with every single episode, really, because I really enjoy making this and helping other people to be more creative and understand their creative mindset and how they can overcome those resistances. And I just want to give a shout out to all of the people who have messaged me saying that it's helped and and how much they're finding the, the guests and my story really interesting. It really does mean a lot and it gives me even more motivation to keep doing this. So please do keep reaching out. And as always, I really genuinely do want to hear how you're going. I'd love to see, you know, you doing the homework that the guests have been setting for you and just your overall journey itself. Like we all do have, no matter what industry you're in, we all, we all do have these similarities. And how much better is it just to do it with somebody else? You know? Work in teams, even if it's silent, you know, just having someone next to you when you're in a bad mood is just kind of nice, if it's the right person. I mean, that's a whole other story. Anyway, just a little bit before we jump into the episode, it is the last week of the Melbourne Comedy Festival in Australia, the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. It has been amazing. So I haven't been doing my own solo show because I, quite frankly, just don't have 50 minutes worth of content, but I will next year watch this space. Um... But I have been doing a lot of spots and, you know, doing lots of bits and pieces here and there and really actually training my body to prepare to do the festival next year. Because something that a lot of like touring artists know is that your way of life completely shifts. It turns itself upside down where your whole daytime is your nighttime. You know, that's when you're supposed to rest, recover and sleep. And your nighttime is when you get to work. And, you know, from maybe like 2, 3 or 4 p.m. all the way up until maybe 2, 3 or 4 a.m., that is your working day. And that happens for pretty much the entirety of the festival. And at first, you know, you're really pumped and you're really excited and you're just diving into it head first and loving every single second. But there's a common theme that happens with a lot of uh, festival goers and showmakers and that they get kind of burnt out and kind of sick. So I've watched this happen for the past two years and I've listened to a lot of other creatives. And what I've actually done is this year, though I've not been doing my own show, I've been treating it as though I have. So it doesn't matter whether I'm doing spots, which I've been doing a fair few of them, or if it's just uh, going and observing comedy, I'm treating it as though I am performing it so I can train my body and so I can understand how I can next year be my best self for every single show that I do. Now that's just because, you know, I have a background in health and I used to be really obsessed with biohacking, but just, I don't know about you guys, but if there is something that you're wanting to do and it's going to be a bit more more strenuous and it's going to be a little bit outside of your normal regular life, it's really good to train for it and train your body to know like a you know a, a marathon runner has to train their body to be able to do that work same thing with our minds as well and our you know social integrity and our social energy itself so being just around a lot of people can either be really tiring or really uh, inspiring you know it depends on if you're an extrovert or introvert or an ambivert like me sometimes I'm like woo people other times I'm like leave me alone I just want to watch Netflix and curl up in a ball and eat gluten-free vegan Tim Tams you know That's how it is. Anyway, so it is the last uh, week of the festival. I've been really excited doing all of this and really excited to be talking to a lot of other creatives about their journey in this festival so far. And I just wanted to give a really big shout out to the people who have been listening and uh, sort of reviewing. I'm really excited to let you guys know that I got ranked, like the Your Weird podcast got ranked number 82 in the arts and culture sector and I got this as an email from like Chartable last week or whatever. It was like for the month of March and I like, it floored me. I was like, as if. So I don't know what you guys are doing out there, but whatever you're doing to help bump this up, thank you so much. And let's just keep going. Okay, so on to today's episode. Today's episode is with my friend. He is a friend from 10 years ago when we were at university together. I was studying a Bachelor of Film Production and he was studying Audio Engineering and we just hit it off. We became really great friends. He is this phenomenal creator. He's 
a hip-hop artist and producer. Now, he's from Mexico and he moved to Australia not knowing anyone and not knowing the language. Well, he knew the language, but, you know, he didn't speak it a lot in Mexico. But he moved to Australia to do this degree and he really immersed himself here and in the culture. And this is where we met at uni. And, you know, we we were just at parties all the time, really. I was like the honorary uh, audio engineering student because I just went out to all the audio parties and it was so much fun. And I kid you not, I haven't spoken to Axel since then. So he had to he had to leave Australia because uh, of you know like visa things, and so he had to he didn't you know wasn't ready to go home, which is I can totally resonate with that. wasn't ready to go home, so he just went straight over to Germany for the challenge. Again, didn't know anybody there, didn't know the language, was just like yeah, I'm just going to get in, I'm going to figure it out, and he has. So he's been there for a few years now. He's soon going to be heading back to Mexico after you know so many years away from home. And he's got a really interesting story to tell. I'm excited to share it with you because, you know, we had like a, like a great friendship back in the day, but I didn't really know his backstory. And so in this interview, I get to learn a lot more about him alongside you. And what we talk about is um, how to, you know, create from your experiences. So he's obviously traveled to different countries and he's immersed himself, he's immersed himself in culture and Every single experience in your life is going to influence the way that you imagine and the way that you create and the way that you perceive the world. So the more experience you can get to other cultures, to other people and their perspectives, the the broader your horizons of your ability to create and integrate. And we have a really great chat about that because, you know, like all of these sorts of things can influence the way that you process your work and, you know, whether you're doing the concept design of it, where you're doing the actual production of it itself or the post-production of it and getting it out to the world and that sort of calm after something has been released and the dust is all settled. We even talk about being a creative person in a world where the people around you aren't very creative. So he works in catering at the moment. It's just very fast paced um, and he, you know, he's under the pump all the time and the people in his world aren't creatives themselves. He does everything that he does, he does himself. He's just released a new album, which we touched on in the interview as well. And he made that whole thing by himself with just a laptop and a mic. Like that's so friggin' cool to me. So he's done all of this without, you know, the creative team around him, which I know that some of you don't have. And I know that I certainly haven't had that in the past where I was trying to create and I didn't have anyone around me to kind of, you know, just have someone you know, in the gallows with you trying to figure it out. And so we talk about how he overcomes those challenges. And we also talk about hip hop itself because hip hop itself, though it's very popular nowadays, it never used to be. And it's still, you know, in Mexico, especially, it's still only just starting to come up in the ranks of being a popular genre of music. So when he was, you know, doing hip hop and rapping when he was a kid, it was really strange and it was really weird. So we talk about how he overcomes that sense of strange existence inside a world where people are like that's a weird kind of music what are you into and how he's done that coming to Australia and then going over to Berlin where you know the music there still isn't so much into hip-hop so he's still kind of you know having to go against the grain and it's really interesting it's a really cool chat um he's an awesome person and I really hope you can get something out of it he's got great uh information at the end of course I give him his portrait if you do want to have a look at that of course give him his portrait of his superpower which was really fun and of course there's a bit of homework at the end so please do listen to the end let me know what you think let me know what's inspired you let me know if you're doing any of the homework that'd be cool to know as well I'm not trying to be you know an annoying teacher but do your homework all right i think that's it thanks so much for listening guys thank you for being you thank you for being here thank you for voting keep subscribing keep liking keep talking to me and let's do this together all right remember to stay weird because being normal is really boring that was so sad yes. enough. i was so sure that i was gonna see you again i was like yeah he'll pop off and then he'll come back again yeah so me, me too i really all this time hope that i could go at least visiting but it's um as you well know, it's a difficult journey. <laughs> it's a very long leg. Yeah. Long leg, yeah. Now, please remind me why you went straight to Germany. What took you there? Well, I came here because of, um, I wasn't ready with my, I wasn't ready to go back home yet. And um, I wanted to go to a country where I, I definitely should learn the language. And uh, someplace central. Australia was too far for me that <laughs> that time. Now I wanted a little bit, maybe not so close, but also not so far. So something in the middle. 
and I thought, okay, Germany is, is very middle, geographically speaking. And if I have to learn a European language, then might as well go for German. So you're saying that and, uh, you you moved to that Germany. That was mainly the decision. That's amazing. But I wanted to I wanted to continue my journey, continue learning new stuff, and before I before I return for good to Mexico, which is this year actually. Oh my god! Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. In summer, I'm moving back to Mexico. Wow. So, yes. Now we met when we were going to university and I was yes. studying film production and you were studying mm -hmm. audio engineering. Yes. And we used to just go to the best parties and oh, have yeah. the best oh, yeah. time. Oh, so yeah. many pub sessions. I remember yes. one night after lots and lots of drinks, you said to me, I've got this new song out and mm -hmm. I want you to make the music clip for me. And it was like, it would have been at 1am or something. You played it to me on your phone. And then I mm -hmm. described to you what I saw in my head. And then you were like, that's it. And then you had to oh, leave. Wow. Like, it was at, like the, it was like at the <laughs> end of our degree. It's so oh, wow. funny. Yeah, so... That sounds like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, and so your background, you come from a background of rapping and producing. So which Mainly, one? Yes. Yeah, which one came first? Because obviously you were rapping when you were in Mexico. Were you also producing then as well? Yeah, well, hmm. I will say producing came first. Okay. Because I always, the like I was glued to a keyboard, always. That was like my main focus of um, of how I uh, connect with music first in a, in a production, produ production speaking ways. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to, to to create the melodies, the instrumentals. Yeah. And rapping came as a way of uh, of understanding that there is a way that I can fully express myself uh, um, unapologetically. Oh, nice. And, okay. And if even if though like many people say hip hop is uh, like non hip hop fans say rap is is difficult to understand because of it, the speed of it at which is done and um and sometimes the com complexities and uh intricacies intricacies of it yeah but it's still the best way for me to express everything i want to say mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so when when was it that your your first um, endeavor upon rapping actually started? Like, how old were you when you started rapping? Probably about two thousand and two, two thousand and one, which I was eleven years old. Wow! Yes. <laughs> and was that like from inspiration from like you know a lot of your um, the people that you listen to? You, you listen to a lot of rap, or we listen to a lot of a lot of different styles of music. But you found I was listening. I was listening mainly to rock, huh. mainly to rock and and some pop, but um, but I remember listening to to Wu Tang Clan and Eminem around those years, two thousand one, two thousand two, and understanding, hey, they are saying a lot of stuff, and I like to say a lot of stuff because yeah. the uh, normally rock music you have to pack a lot of ideas or rock and pop music you have to pack a lot of ideas in many words in uh in less words mm -hmm. you know, whereas in hip-hop you get uh a long verse full of words where you have more time and more space to express yourself plus i love the challenge of of the puzzle of connecting uh words and syllables and metaphors and all of that together i i enjoy that very much yeah, absolutely. And it's really good. So you're, I think of rapping as being, it's like, it's, it's poetry, right? And so poets in history, it they were the, from... yeah, so poets in history, they were the rock stars, mm -hmm. right? So it's a modern day yes. rock star of poetry. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That, yeah. That's an accurate way of, of putting it. Yes, indeed. I have to ask the question with your rapping. So Obviously, rapping, you have to say everything at such a fast pace. When you were yes. a child, did you struggle? Like, you know, when you're a kid and you're doing tongue twisters all the time and, you know, yeah. what is like? I still struggle. Yeah. <laughs> I still struggle. Like, there's, I try to hide it sometimes, but I, 
like for example I, I used to speak better english when i was in when i was living in australia for obvious reasons here in germany it's uh it's very difficult to communicate in something other than german to be honest mm. and i don't i have some people to whom or to which i speak english with quite a few actually but but you don't see them every day you know of course and yeah. uh, for example at home here we speak german at home in mexico we speak spanish yeah so i i do struggle with pronunciation that's my my biggest problem but i try to hide it in my rap sometimes like and you will see like sometimes i'm rapping and i like mumble over a world word or something <laughs> but then i i fix it sometimes sometimes if it sounds like it I, i don't want to take away from the emotion so sometimes i just leave it and try to fix it with some layovers but oh, very I, clever. I, that's some that, that's probably what I struggle with the most actually with the with the pronunciation and the articulation of the English language. Well, I think you do really well. Like I've been listening to your new album which we'll get to shortly, <laughs> and I think you do really well. Like I think your pronunciation is really nice. And in fact, the like the twang that you kind of give it with your accent just gives it more depth <laughs> and a little bit more um a little bit more flavor. I would say. Mm -hmm. I really like it. <laughs> yes, I really I like agree. it. Thank you very much. Yes. But yeah, does that's, that mean? That's part of it. So so when you were a child and you started doing rapping, that means you were obviously doing it in Spanish, yeah? Nope. I always did it in English. Wow. Yep. Always. Since the very, even before I started rapper, rapping, when I was like, for example, my first favorite band was uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, great. Right. And I remember like trying to, like punching keys and trying to sing something like that always it will be in English even if my English was not so good I will still I will mumble some of it but it will be the idea of it being in English yes yes and uh, in I, I was fortunate enough in my school in Mexico to start learning English since a very very young age that's yeah that's it's really helpful it's really handy to because obviously when you're so young that's that's the best time to learn a language in general, like is, I say, if you learn one, then you find it a little bit easier to learn others, which actually, if you've, yes, of course. I think it's actually really amazing. I didn't realize that when you went to Germany, you didn't know the language. Mm. So you went and you learned while you were there. That's incredible. Yes. That is amazing. And did you, did you have friends there that you could kind of like stay with and learn or did you just go straight in the deep end? Nope. I think I knew about, uh, two or three people in the whole country but not really i came all by myself and uh started from zero <laughs> that's amazing so inspiring do you think you found it easier to learn the language as well because you kind of understood like going from spanish to english and that kind of you know you know that way that it's almost like i imagine it's like doing maths in your head of like swapping out the the words basically to equal the same thing Yes, especially because uh, German is a very mathematical language. It has a lot of <laughs> rules and a lot of uh, grammatical weirdness. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and I've always always had a passion for languages. I try to learn um, quite a few languages, and uh, I like communicating with people in their own language, if it's possible for me to do. So yeah, that's that's really amazing. That's really. I've always like I can't I can only speak little bits of languages. I've got I I used to learn Italian and then I was learning Maltese for a while there as well. But obviously, if you don't use mm -hmm. it, then you forget a lot of it. Exactly. Yes. But I I always think of learning languages as being like if mm -hmm. I watch two people speaking a different language, it's like there's this invisible wall between us, and I'm like I wish I could just mm -hmm. step through that wall and I could you know engage with you at the same time. Like that yes. would be really amazing. Now I want to talk about obviously your creativity and you traveling and moving between countries, especially going from, you know, such opposing countries, like everywhere is speaking such a different language. And then that effect affects your mind and the way that you're living so much. Has that impacted the way that you create and has it impacted the way that you write your music? Yes, of course. Of course, definitely. The, the, ex the experience uh, changes the music. Like it's, uh, it, it makes you evolve, sometimes devolve, depending on the, the, uh, your, your social circle or the, or what you're experiencing at the moment. And it's definitely very, the, the difference is, is massive between 
Mexico, Australia, and Germany. It's three different worlds, three different planets. And uh, yes, it 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 changes a lot. And I I think it it was reflected on the music, but on but obviously what changed the most is age and experience. Like the older I get, the more I know. Like for example, now I I've learned how to do just to give you an example, uh, mastering. You know mm -hmm. the mastering process of 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 music production, and I feel like now I I completely learned it and understood it. So the audio quality at the end of the music is going to be much much better than before, and that's some of the things that you, you know, you go through stuff. Even though we learned that at uni, I was, you know, we were too young. We we're in our twenties, in our early twenties. Of course, and, yeah. Uh, you get like one class. Uh, from it and you hope you learn everything you do but you eventually like you have to learn it also yourself and once you learned how to do it yourself like you take pieces of that pieces of here and then you will put them together and absolutely experience of learning yep definitely yeah I can I know that this is the same thing with me with film there's different areas of film where I have like obviously I, I learned it back at uni as well but I, I re only really assimilated the knowledge when I had to start using mm -hmm. it and engaging with it it was really awesome so when you've actually so when you came to Australia did you know anyone in Australia or did you just nope. come straight to do the did you come straight to do the degree yes but I initially I was in the RMIT and that in a in a course called uh, music industry, mm -hmm. but it was it it was not exactly what I was looking for. It was a quite a new program for the university. I'm not sure if they have it anymore, and um, it was not exactly what I was searching for. And then I found out about SAE where we did our our degree, and that was exactly what I was looking for. You know, working, uh, learning how to work in studios, learning actually about music theory, music production, and um, yeah, that's how I came about it. Yep. Absolutely fantastic. That's so fantastic. Mm -hmm. So tell me, I want to know, I want to know about your um your creative process to write the raps. Do that does it start out? Can you hear mm -hmm. can you hear the music and the beat first, or can you hear the lyrics before anything? I have the idea before anything. Like most mm -hmm. of the times I I start with an idea first. Mm -hmm. Most of the some sometimes I I just like start doing beats and see what comes and uh, but I always um 99% of the time I have some uh musical cue or some something already ready before I start uh thinking about about uh raps and lines and and words mm -hmm. but there are some for very specific situation where I just come with the idea of a of a of a a bar, it's what it's called, you know, a hip hop bar. And I say, okay, now, okay, this one I want to use. So I will create an idea in which I can put these words in. But most of the time I start, I, I make the music first, then I write it to it, then I record it, I mix it, I test it, and then I master it, then publish it. When if you it say makes the final cut. When, when you say test it, where are you testing? Is that just listening back to it or are you sending it to trusted people in your network? Both. Mm -hmm. I I listen to it on um like I take it to my uh to the to the gym. Okay. I I I loaded it on my old iPod. <laughs> I go to the gym, I run or whatever, and I'm listening to it and I say, okay, okay, I have to fix this, I have to fix that. Okay, very good. So then I come back, I do the fixes. Then I I will show it to a friend or or my wife or someone, and uh, and and I will get the expression from them, and then I say okay this one is I I can start uh, polishing it. Ooh, and how does it feel when you when you give it to a friend for the first time? Is that nerve wracking? Mm, it's it's a little bit interesting because I mostly know their their tastes like there are some specific songs that i will play for a friend some specific songs that i will play for my wife and songs that i don't want to show anyone until the, until the, it's ready Amazing. and i know i know for what type of song what what uh reaction i i need to get yes and sometimes i don't get the reaction and i 
many times I end up just scrapping the song altogether. Do you kind of throw it away entirely or do you keep it in a little box somewhere and think you might revisit it? Well, I, I do keep them in a little box, not thinking about revisiting them, but I have many times revisited old songs that mm -hmm. I made a new version of them or finished them off. Like there's sometimes you have this song that you never finished. Ah, I always wanted to finish this one. And eventually you say, okay, it fits here. Absolutely. Do you know that's it's really funny because what you're saying, uh, it's the same thing mm -hmm. as when writing jokes. You might start oh, off yes. with you might start off with just the idea. You might start off with just mm -hmm. the punchline. You might start off like you know with the premise, and then you yes. might think like there's one that I've been thinking of for like a year and a half, and I cannot get it to work for the life of me. But it just sort of sits in a book like mm -hmm. way back, and then every every six yeah. months I go back and I look at it, and I'm like, Meh. and then another one. Only yeah. like, two days ago, I found a spot for this one line. I was like, you have somewhere to live. There you go. <laughs> oh, perfect. Oh, that's awesome. So it's like, yeah, I understand exactly. Yeah. yeah, so I think it's yeah. really important, um, you know, for creative people because I don't know about you, but um, are the people around you in your life, are you, are you surrounded by a lot of creative people these days or are they a little bit more analytical than, you know, nine to five I, corporates? What's going on? Yeah, analytical and corporates. No, not really by many creative people. Uh, some, I do have a friend that, um, that sings. But uh, she's that's not her main her main um. It's it's a hobby. Yeah. But she sings really well. But other than that, uh, no, I'm I'm surrounded more by corporate by by cooks by chefs mostly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course, in your work, yes, because yes, you're exactly. you're working in um you're working in catering currently, aren't you? Right now in catering, yeah. Yeah, and is this? Yeah, but I. I... <laughs> Sorry, go on. Uh, yeah, um, just like my, my main line of work is is in in the kitchen, like if, whether it's a line cook or management or catering, but uh, but uh, music is is more than a hobby. Like I will say, as my second work, let's put it that yes. way. I totally understand. I always say that I'm a part time. Yes. I I do part. I'm a part time comedian rather than I do comedy. Because I'm mm -hmm. part time, and I'll try and get, I'll try and become full time. You know, as time progresses, yes. that's the aim. That's that, the aim. That's the aim, exactly, exactly. That's the way it should be. Yeah. But that kind of brings me back to so obviously, if you're if you're surrounded by people who are a lot more analytical and like these cooks and these chefs, um, does that mean going back to what we were saying before? Because I was going to say that you know, obviously, when you have ideas and they don't quite work, often when you're around people who are quite analytical, they're like, it doesn't work, so chuck it out. You know, like you have your You've, you've done your litmus test. The answer was no, therefore throw it out and start again. Whereas mm -hmm. when, you know, obviously when you're quite a sensitive soul and you're creative and all of your ideas are like your little babies, you don't want to mm -hmm. just, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater. Do you find that sometimes you struggle to uh, follow an idea that is giving you a little bit more resistance? Or do you, do you find, do you find that you think of the idea as just being a little bit more of a challenge and therefore you need to approach it from different angles? Well, interestingly enough, the more challenging the idea is, the more I want to pursue it. The more yeah. difficult it is to make is, is where I'm excited the most about making it work. And sometimes like I will go like a little bit overboard with some like a very crazy instrumental with a very um, uh, weird topic or strange topic. And, I'll, uh, and at the beginning, I'm like, oh, this, this, this is never going to work. So I want to make it work. And uh, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. And as far as the uh, people's reaction on it, when it's uh, negative, mm -hmm. they never, people are, are polite. You know, they never want to tell you like, nah, you know, they're, they're... so I, I look more into their, their natural reaction. How will they react? Like sometimes I will play a song and let's say, for example, a friend of me will go like, oh yeah. Oh, and you see the reaction. I says like, okay, yeah, this is perfectly. Sometimes you'll play one and they'll be like, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay, this is not working. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. And is that obviously because you've been doing it, you know, for for a major chunk of your life now? Do you find that um, you find that 
constructive criticism or lack thereof, that sort of mm -hmm. sitting on the fence criti criticism, um, do you find that that's a lot more easy to, to digest just because of the fact that you're used to being exposed to it and using it as a tool to kind of chisel away at the idea as opposed to taking it personally? Yes, yes, of course, of course. And uh, But I, I am also not very... Um, I, I'm ready to let songs go. Like, I'm not that... Um, how can I say it? Uh, apprehensive. Is, is, I don't know if that's correct to for for a song in part. There are some songs where I never want to let go of him, and if I'm extremely attached to them, no matter what, I will never let go of them because, yeah, I'm, I'm sometimes like that. But not all the time. Like there are many songs that I'm ready to to let go if 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 it didn't work. Like for example, for my last album, I think I. I made in total, like completely finished, probably around 20, 21 songs that I completely finished because ideas I had oh, hundreds. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I, I, I wrote a lot. I made a lot of, of, of instrumentals for it, but I fully finished around 20 songs and I ended up using only 16. <gasps> wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That's but I, amazing. That was the aim for the, from the beginning to make uh, 15, 16 songs for the album. That's Actually, great. it was 15, and there was one that I said, no, I cannot let go of this one. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so then are you doing a lot of this this creating on your own nowadays then? So like with all the music and instrumentals, you're doing all of these recordings and these layerings. Yeah. Are you doing that yourself? Everything. Everything. Wow. The, the did... only exception is is the featured artists that mm -hmm. they contribute with a verse or, or two. But... Uh, I do all the production, all the mixing, all the recording, all the mastering, even the artwork I, I, do, I do myself. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. That's yeah, amazing. Yes. Oh, what a powerhouse. It's, it's, it... it's very difficult, but it's uh, it's, it's very fun. It's I it, I don't know how I can how, how can I I would be able to do it. Uh, letting someone else do, for example, the engineering right that is what mostly the rapper is the the average rapper doesn't care about the engineering they just go to the studio they lay their their verse and that's their their job right yeah like if i would go to the studio and lay my verse i would be nervous about the engineering about the mixes like i always have these ideas like i want for example i want more bass in my voice or i want to remove this you, you know i I, yeah. I think like that a lot because it's part of my of my process and um uh, Sometimes when, for example, when I do a, a feature to to someone else's music, sometimes I have to let go of that and and trust them that they will do a good mix. And sometimes I'm satisfied. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> only sometimes. Sometimes, yes. I absolutely resonate with that because I remember when, like, when we're at university, that happened a lot with my films. Like you find in the credits, it was just like written by Hannah Sainty, produced by Hannah Sainty, starring Hannah Sainty, mm -hmm. edited by <laughs> Hannah yes. Sainty. And I'm like, I don't have yes. control problems. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. But it is kind of yeah, that thing as well. Like if you're going to collaborate, you have to collaborate with the right people, don't you? And And that can be really hard to find sometimes. Well, not 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 precisely. Like you have to start collaborating with the wrong people to find the right people. Oh, you know I, I mean? like this. Yes. Yeah. So I, I try when I try to collaborate a lot with with someone. My, actually, the only thing that I'm looking forward is a easy process. I don't want to collaborate with with people that will make the process complicated, yeah. or that or that or that I'm not comfortable in the way. It should be done, but I I would want to collaborate with with everyone so I can get an idea and of how it can sound in the future. Yeah, exp for, expanding for, for, your horizons. Yes. Yeah, and, and and for example, in my album, there is one of the featured artists. Uh, it was called Matt Demas. He's from Australia, actually, and uh, it was the first time I collaborate with him, and. Uh, and I was very, very pleased with it. So now we have planned uh, many future collaborations, but we start with one and then we see how it goes. I love, that's really good. I mean, yeah, it's a really fair point. It's good to, mm -hmm. it's one of those things where it's just, it's just good to make mistakes, isn't it? And, you know, we, we often think yes. that it's good to make mistakes in our work, but often it can be good to make mistakes in your collaborations because sometimes what 
can feel like a mismatch, can be the perfect mismatch to give you new life to your work and new life to their work and another angle. And, you know, obviously, like you just mentioned, giving you extra ideas and, you know, perspectives of of ways to work. That's really awesome. Yes, exactly. You have to allow yourself to make mistakes and, and, and most importantly, place mistakes in your in your finished products so that your the best moments can even can shine even even brighter yes having light and dark in your work i love it that's exactly beautiful. yes 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 it's important to have always a little bit of everything mm. is it so let, let's work backwards a little bit before before you came to australia when you were in mexico you were already doing a lot of music and you were playing a lot of shows back then as well weren't you Nah, not a lot, but but Some? sometimes, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, like in uh, school gatherings or or things like that. I will always uh, always like to sing. Yeah, That's and sometimes it. it was expected of me. <laughs> <laughs> like Axel's here, yeah. get up! Yeah, we made a stage. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Your stage is this yeah. couch. Please stand on it. Exactly. Um, yep. and then are you gigging in in Germany? Is there is that is there that opportunity there? I think I've done it once or twice, but I'm not. I I haven't searched for it mainly because because there's with working in gastronomy gives you barely any free time. It's it's um it's complicated. Yeah, of course. And, um, only now I have more free time, but it's mainly because of the move of the move outs. Like we're. Uh, making sure we were sending things back to Mexico now and, and stuff like that. So I will have more time now, but in the other nine years that I've been here, it, it was almost impossible. <laughs> Jeez. And it, how, how did you go with that? Like, cause I, I know that if I haven't got, if I haven't got time to create, I can still exist and I'll get my job done and stuff, but I definitely start mm-hmm. to, I meant like, you know, my ability to sort of focus or to find joy in things starts to become diminished just because like I, I'm not finding oh, yes. the opportunity to express. So how have you found it with having less time over those nine years? Yeah, it, it has been awful, honestly. <laughs> yeah. But it's, uh, but it's, um, it's, it's what we have to do to, to keep going. Definitely. And, and, and don't, don't get me wrong. I do have passion for, for the kitchen work. I, I, I like it very much, but uh, it's a it's a draining. It it drains a lot, and it's it it gives you not a lot of free time, and the free time I use it to create music. Beautiful. That's what I was gonna exactly. say. Yeah, if you're if you're still finding that time, you because you have to exactly. make you have to make the time and the effort. Don't you? Because often when you're working in a mm-hmm. job that is draining, by the time you get home, mm-hmm. you're like, I don't want to, I'm tired, I can't be bothered. But the second yeah. you do it, you kind of get a new burst of life, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yes, definitely, yeah. definitely. So yes. I think it's really important too because obviously we all have to do some some jobs that we don't like, which will bring me to another question. But yeah. we do all have to do jobs that we don't really like. But in order to get through yes. it, get closer to the dream, you've got to find slivers of time. Like I try, I've told, I told a friend of mine yes, a exactly, while ago. Yeah. Yeah, I told a friend of mine a little while ago that even if it's just like if you do five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night, if you do that five minutes, you're going to think it in the morning, you're going to think about it all day. So you can't wait to get to the nighttime to do that other five yeah. minutes. And it's just yeah, those little windows true. and then you'll start to open yeah. up. Which brings me to my yeah. next point. Obviously, a lot of creators, we all have to have shit jobs. What mm-hmm. um, what what do you reckon your best shit job has been? Best yeah, like either the worst, like the worst one. What's the worst one? And give me a story. I, like in 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 the kitchen, like I used to, for example, wake up at four in the morning, take a that's already take, bad. A, take two buses to to uh, uh, the place where I used to work, and then uh, stay there for plus 10 hours or even more then going back home knackered that i have to wake up at 4 a.m next day and in the workplace itself sometimes the like not not, not being able to properly speak the language that was at, at the beginning you know mm. and oh. um and constantly getting abused from customers it's tough yeah but um 
I mean, it, it's working in kitchens. There's a lot of shits and, uh, and a lot of positives, but uh, you have to be able to take shit because it gets thrown at you daily. Oh yeah, I yeah. bet. Yeah, I guess yeah. it. Um, like the silver lining is if if you can find resilience in your shit job, it means that you're generally going to have some good resilience in the rest of your world as well. So when you are, you know, meeting sort of negative feedback or, um, you know, passive aggressive feedback or backhanded compliments in your creativity, which might happen mm. every now and then, you've just already got, you've got to be the callous. You're already a little bit. You're yeah. A bit I've, I've learned, already, yeah. So I've learned to be more patient. It, it, it has taught me pa patience. Definitely. That's a really good one. I don't have any patience. I don't know. Like <laughs> I, I try and practice patience, but I just don't know that I'm ever going to be able to find it. <laughs> oh, I've, I've become a very patient man. Like I, I don't, I don't get um, annoyed at the, uh, at waiting for something anymore. Wow. So if you're in line waiting for a coffee and it takes 20 minutes, you're still in a good mood. Yes. Actually, yeah. My, <laughs> That's yeah, I, I really, I really learned to be patient, and um, and uh, yeah, that's a, a virtue that I value. That's you should. That's a really great mm -hmm. thing. You can you can give me lessons yeah. on it then. In that case, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now tell me, is there a time in your creativity, whether it be you know back when you're in Mexico or Australia, or especially in Germany now, when you've had to you know try and learn the language and find ways to create in in a world where the people around you aren't so creative. Is there a time or an idea where someone who's called you weird or called your idea weird? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Like, for when I... Listen, hip-hop is not the same right now as it was at the beginning. You know, right now is the most popular music in the planet, right? But at, it's... um. Let's say it's golden age on the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. It was still weird, and the people who were listening, especially in Mexico, the people that were listening, let alone making hip hop in Mexico, they were, they were like, "Yeah, yeah, you're weird. Why, why rap?" Like it was, I was always the odd one out. Like, like the, and it. it it still hasn't become that popular in Mexico. It's more, it's very popular now, but it's it's still not as in in Australia or United States, for example, where it's uh, you don't escape it, right? In Mexico, you don't listen to it very often. And uh, yeah, at the beginning, I was yeah, I was being referred to as weird constantly. Then in Australia, not so much because I think uh, everyone in Australia is weird. That's yep. probably why it felt so good there. <laughs> I love that. What do you mean we're all weird? <laughs> uh, I, I mean it in the best uh, possible way. Like you, you're all like me. Let's let's say that way. Like they are. They. I, I figured that Australian people always preferred to to really leave the boring the boring parts out. Like they will <laughs> go out of their way to to leave the boring part out. <laughs> and try to, to incorporate something that will lighten up the situation always it's it's totally the contrary in in germany like in germany it's like no 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 no. let's do the boring efficient way and efficient even if it's boring and um yeah here as well like like uh yeah i've been weird here because of of i i'm i'm i feel more different here but that's also it's also also a good challenge yeah. As long as it's it's not uh, it, it doesn't uh, go into a disrespect uh, difference, which has happened plenty of times. Like I I look a bit white on the screen here, but but my scene is is more much more browner than the average German. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's uh, like being different. This is, is has always been a. Uh, a complicated part, but uh, being weird, this has always been a positive thing for me. I I, uh, I welcome it. That's what I want to hear. That's what I like. That's me too. Mm -hmm. That's me too. Yes, exactly. It's yeah, I I know. Probably that's why I say like, hey, yeah. I, when I first started seeing like what you were doing with the with the stand up and. And all that is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like that. I definitely <laughs> like that. Yes. Oh, yeah. 
it's where um yeah i don't know it's where all the misfits are it's great <laughs> yes exactly that's, that's that's my safe space definitely definitely <laughs> Now let's talk about your album that's that's come out. So this album has come out this year, 2023, in February, and it's called yes. Still Unchained. Tell me about it. Why is it yes. called Still Unchained? How long does it take you to make it? Okay, it's called Still Unchained because it's a sequel to my previous album that was called Unchained. And it's called Unchained. It's a, like self-explanatory, like breaking the chains for freedom, and uh, and to apply it to to me specifically, I mean uh, f my freedom personally and my freedom to express myself without uh, without censorship, like mm. really talking about the things that I want to talk about and being completely unapologetic about it. And in this this album, I focus more on being unchained uh, socially, politically, and personally. Yes. Like I have songs about uh, all those three topics, like uh, like how we can bring, break political chains, social chains, and some of my personal chains. I definitely and, noticed this theme as I was listening to it. Yes, please go on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And how long does it take me? This one took me two years to make. Amazing. And that's from, that's from like ideation to writing to like that every single step of the process. Yeah, exactly. From the very Beautiful. first uh, key that I pressed, that was oh. for this album until my release date, it was two years. Yeah, my last one came out in 2020. No, 2020, 2021 came out and I spent the whole 2021, 2022 creating uh, this sequel album. Amazing. What What number album is this one? In total, from all my albums, or from because I've done um, many, 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 many albums, but many of them like unprofessionally, like not studio albums. Like if I if I will call this a uh, uh, an official, let let's say it an official studio album, this will be my second. But as far as mixtapes, albums, or anything, it will be I don't know, like like a uh, twelve or thirteen. That's great. That's yeah. so cool. Or more, Even all the know, old yeah, stuff. Do you know what though? Yeah, it's yeah. really, it's really important to have all the old stuff. Like I, I wish that I had oh, yes. all of the the little films and stuff I made when I was like ten years old, and then like fifteen. Like I made like every single recording device I had. I was making films constantly, oh. and I, and then yeah. I like, and then I would like write plays and I perform them and I try and record them. Like I wish I could find them now because it kind of shows like the evolution of an artist. And you know, we go, we go and watch um. We go and see the exhibitions of, of you know, the great painters and such, like throughout their life, no matter what, mm -hmm. you know, skill set they were at and what point they were at in their journey. But it tells so much more about the person. And when you love the artist, it doesn't matter the the sort of noise around what they're saying or what they're painting, or what they're trying to do. None of that really matters because it's like you're following the artist. Yes, of course. And I mean, I, I still have every every song I've made probably in my life I, I i still have them wow yeah, yeah. i have songs where i'm like where i was like 11 years old like rapping with a little voice oh my god it's i fun. want yeah, to yeah. hear that i want to hear that what were you rapping about when you were 11 oh there there is one <laughs> that uh i remember i i showed uh someone back in australia it was like look this is a song that i did when i was 11 years old and just started and then I didn't even I didn't even remember this song, but I remember it was I was talking about thugs and guns, and I remember <laughs> this person was like, "Oh my god!" At this age, I was playing with dolls, and you were talking about that. But I it, I I don't remember why exactly I did this song that, but it was I I never talk about that in my music, absolutely never. But uh, this song that I made specifically, I think I was trying like to either imitate someone or following something specifically. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it, it was fun. But normally I talk about about what absolutely whatever, like uh, anything. Like I've made songs about everything. <laughs> that's so good. Have you made songs about an ironing board? No, but that's a good idea. I can, I can, <laughs> you know, it, it's the the challenge is using ironing board in a rhyme. I like mm -hmm. it. Okay, there's your challenge. Yeah, yeah. You have ironing challenge board now. like. I am ironing board with Harrison Ford. 
Hey, I'm hurry in there. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. I expect I expect this line in your next album on one track, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll squeeze it in. I'll yes. squeeze it in. That's the yeah. best. I want to talk about I want to talk about one of your songs. Um yes. I wrote it down. I wrote it down. So the one I really liked um in this album, Still Unchained, was called The Hunger. Ah, the hunger. Yes, I really liked it. I liked a few of them. Awesome. Um, because uh, I, I liked flames in your name. I was like, that's quite it's mm-hmm. saucy and it's it's fun. But mm-hmm. um, also the hunger. I really liked it because of it's like it's cinematic beginning. Like from that first yeah. second, I was like, oh, I'm in your story. That's really that's nice. That's the point. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it, and I love that you said um that you were listening to a lot of like Eminem, Slim Shady as well. Because I was like, I can hear mm-hmm. it. I was like, I wonder mm-hmm. if it's yeah. one of his inspirations. Yeah. But one of the things I like as well is obviously it was really cinematic and you were storytelling right from the get-go. Like, I don't even know how you did it. It was like that first sound and I was like mm-hmm. in the world and I could see it in my yeah. head. But you had like these really interesting lyrics. So I had to write them down. I went back and I listened to them because mm-hmm. I really liked them. And it was so um gritty. Mm-hmm. It says, I spooked the children with my mind and music. This book mm-hmm. of raps is tainted with blood and bruise and it's super entertaining and deadly and amazing. The chords on my guitar is made from arteries and veins, so deranged since I escaped from the cage. I was like, oh, yum. <laughs> that was so yummy. I really, really yeah. liked it. <laughs> and then there was a quick line after that that says, I obtained skill from pain. I was like, it's not even you're yeah, obtaining yeah. stories from pain. You're obtaining skill. And I was like, that's that's yeah. tasty. That's yeah. really tasty. Is that like? Tell me about that song in particular. Where where does that come from, and what does that mean to you, and how these lyrics come about? Yeah, well, it's a it's very interesting. I got inspired to do this song from listening to Corn. Oh, like I I wanted to do the the chorus like in a in a little bit of a Jonathan Davis style, which is the vocalist of Corn, and I've always wanted to do a song like this. And in all of my albums, I try to squeeze in like a dark psycho kind of song. Okay right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where i'm free to talk about uh some uh weird dark stuff like that without uh let's say without consequences because it fits the song like it's like everyone knows that it's not serious like i can say like i can talk about let's say murder for example without it being serious because it's just um, a play and i and these songs i i love to to explore rhyme styles and finding things to rhyme with and 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 stuff like that and uh, and I, I wanted to make a, like a dark cinematic song which you perfectly described yeah that was the yeah. the whole goal of it and um and I invited two people to feature with me on the song on the second and third ver- verse on the second verse is one guy called uh Eric Dutton from I think he's from United States and uh, the third is featuring Matt Dimas which is from Australia and I thought they did a, an, an amazing job on it. Yeah, it was really cool. It's interesting you say that because um, mm-hmm. I could like I could see it in my mind, and it definitely had that sort mm-hmm. of horror, um, suspense sort of color grading in my in my mind mm-hmm. as I was like kind of watching the story. It was yeah, it was really yeah. really interesting. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. I like that you've given the you give yourself the opportunity to have a boundary for like a theme to explore sort of like the shadow ideas. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah, find that yeah. once you've explored those shadow ideas, you kind of, it's almost like you, you've you let off some steam and you can almost go back to another more stable, uh, you know? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly like that. Yes. Yes. Nailed it. <laughs> right. I love it. Well, it's yeah, such a, it's such a good album. I'm going to put, um, uh, I'm going to put a link to it in, um, obviously mm-hmm. in the, the show notes for the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course I do, I do want to ask, oh, actually, no, I have to do this now. So Obviously, you know that um, I do portraits of people with their uh, chosen superpower. Yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I do. And, um, oh, you know, cool. everyone who I interview, it's my thing. Because obviously, you know, like this podcast is all about creativity and it's about expanding mm-hmm. on those ideas, getting a bit weird, getting a bit quirky. And also not being perfect at it if you if you, mm-hmm. you know just get to it so i thought to me i was like yeah why not draw portraits of people with their superpower and give it to them it's a really good idea isn't it mm-hmm. um <laughs> so do you remember I, my superpower of course i remember your superpower i've drawn it 
So, so I'm going to send it to you because obviously we're doing this via Zoom. So mm -hmm. I'm going to send it to you. Okay, it's going to come to you if you've got your phone. Mm -hmm. It's going to come to you on Instagram. So your superpower was teleportation. Yes. So my interpretation of to teleport was. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> that's fantastic. Wow, it does look like me. Yeah, wow, well, I'm glad. <laughs> I, it was, um, do you know what? We, so we had, it. I'm so happy to hear that. I love it. I really do. <laughs> Thank you. I really like it. Yeah. It's really, really good. It's funny because um, you know how, you know, we had to start the uh, we had to start the interview just a couple of minutes late because I said oh, I was just gonna finish something. It's because I couldn't mm -hmm. get I couldn't get the images to go together the uh. way that I wanted to. <laughs> and I was sitting there, I had to watch a YouTube video for how to do it. I was like, because I was using my iPad, oh, I did okay. it on I did it all on paper and I was putting on the iPad. Mm -hmm. I was trying to put it together oh, and I ended wow. up running out of time. And I was like, come on, get it done. It was yeah, it's a challenge. It's always a challenge to mix the analog with the digital. <laughs> Isn't it? I'm such an Especially analog it's something you have to do by hand. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm such an analog person as well. And I'm, you know, I'm still trying yeah. to get my head around this thing, but um, I'm glad you like, and there you go. You'll be able to teleport. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Loved it. For the, for the people um, at home who are just listening to the interview, I actually drew Axel uh, sort of traveling through space and time through an old style receiver of a phone. Cause I thought telly, telephone, teleport, you're going to yes. travel through phones. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. Now um, we're going to, we're going to slowly start to wrap this bad boy up, but I do have to mm -hmm. ask what homework do you have for people at home who may be wanting to rap, maybe want to start music, produce, what sort of creative mm -hmm. homework have you got for someone? Yeah. Well, I wrote down that, um, that uh the homework that uh, that they should have is to write stuff down many people keep ideas in their head and and then they just vanish in time you have to write them down have a little notebook with you and write ideas down whatever it comes to your mind whatever idea you have write it down maybe in keywords maybe in full sentences however you want but just write it down i love it do you do that do you carry like you know do you carry a small notebook? Is it really small? Is it big? Is it on your phone? How do you do it? I, I have purchased a couple of small notebooks with the idea of carrying them around, but I never do. But when I have an idea, I write it on my phone. And then if they um they wanted to sort of uh, turn that into a wrap, what would be your first uh, bit of advice to head towards that direction? Writing poetry or following the ones no. you love? Poetry is in in a way more difficult than rap itself. Oh, depends depends on how on how on how deep and interesting you want to get. But uh, yeah, poetry itself can be more difficult than rap, especially nowadays that rap has become easier to make as it was before. Oh, I mean, but, speak for yourself. Uh, it looks pretty hard to me, but. <laughs> Well, I try to make it uh, quite complex, not as complex as I can, because I also want people to really understand or to mostly understand what I'm trying to say. But I try to get some complexities. I, I have a lot of like subliminal messages in my music. But uh, yes, if, if someone wants to rap or, or do music in general, the best idea is buy a, a USB microphone and start recording. Beautiful. Even if it doesn't sound good, just just go for it and eventually like when when i first started it, i mean it was it was terrible but i've been doing this now for 20 years or, or so so eventually you get get better at what you do of course practice i love it mm -hmm. well that's it guys yeah. you gotta write everything down and then if you want to turn something into music just start get a mic and start recording i love exactly. it just do it. It's, it's the Nike mm -hmm. theory, isn't it? Just do it. The Nike. Theory. Oh yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Axel. I've oh, absolutely thank you. adored chatting with you. It's been so wonderful to see you again. I'm so happy to see that you're still creating. You bring out this new album. It is so much fun. It's so interesting. It's such a journey. It's beautiful to see you expressing yourself. It's awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you for the invitation. I really appreciate it. I had a blast. Of course. Thank you.
Thank you very much. And and congratulations again on what you're doing. I'm a you, you already know I'm a huge fan of of the podcast and uh and I I'm still waiting for a for a video of of you doing uh of your stand up routine. I'm writing I, myself I can only a see note the, right the now. pictures and sometimes like a small reel, but I want to see a at least a half a set if you have one. <laughs> I'll do it just for you. I'll send one to you definitely. Thank you so much <laughs> Axel. Oh, thank you. Thanks for getting weird with me. If you liked the episode, please subscribe and leave a review. And if you really liked the episode, consider signing up to the Patreon where you can help me help you. You'll get early access, uncut episodes, bonus episodes, and some other cheeky extras that you'll have to check out. You can find it at patreon.com forward slash Hannah Sainty. Now let's be more creative and less strung out. And remember that you're weird because being normal is really boring.